Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, this is Six Degrees with Mike McKenna, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. This episode, I'm joined by two-time Olympic gold medalist Shannon Zabados. If you enjoy the show, please rate and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and all the streaming channels. Of course, you can always find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Mike McKenna 56 Before we get to the show, the NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL playoffs are right around the corner. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. As a native Missourian, I don't know how you could possibly bet against the Chiefs, especially Patrick Mahomes. But hey, if you want to do that, go to betonline.ag. You can place your bets there from game spreads and totals to player, team, Coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Online casino is always open, it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. Support for Six Degrees is also brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. I know it's one of those subjects that we don't talk about often, but I got to tell you, the Lawnmower 3.0, listen to this baby rev up. You know what's cool? It's got a light on it. It's not always easy to see what you're doing, but with the Lawnmower 3.0, you can't miss a spot. It's an unbelievable product. Uh, I, I, I can't imagine that anybody would have a loved one that wouldn't appreciate this thing. Uh, it's why the Manscaped team has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months, a year and a half, perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 6degrees at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code 6degrees. Try it. Guarantee you're going to like it. Thanks to betonline.ag and Manscaped for supporting Six Degrees with Mike McKenna. Now let's hear from Shannon Zabados. Goaltender extraordinaire, how are you doing today? Where's your current location? Um, yeah, I'm kind of back and forth between I'm uh, born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta, um, but now married to an American boy, and uh, we live in Ohio, so we are just outside Cleveland right now. Nice. You're not too far away. Midwest. What yeah. a difference from the oil fields. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little different. Uh, we're right by the water here. It's, it's a nice little area. <laughs> you sound enthused. So <laughs> we, we talked about it for a second. Your daughter, Shaylin, how old is she? How's life going as a new mom? She is, she'll be four months old on the 20th and it's awesome. She's um, it's challenging, yeah. uh, but she, it's just, it's amazing to see her grow every day and change and she's giggling now and she's smiley every day. And, uh, so it makes the lack of sleep worth it. Even though everything's kind of weird in the world with the pandemic, did it actually turn out to be kind of good timing for her to be born? It was perfect timing. Me and my husband, we we're always laughing. We're like, it's like the world was put on pause for your pregnancy because I literally did not miss anything. Um, I was like nine months pregnant and there was nothing going on. There was no sports. I, it was just like 
although I couldn't really go anywhere. So I was getting a little like cooped up and that part of it sucked. But um, yeah, it was, um, it was not bad timing. Isn't that so normal for us that as athletes, we're used to just being on the move. We're always, at least in some capacity on the road or in a hotel for a while. It's completely threw my body clock off. Yes, me too. Um, which I'm sure we're going to dive into this later, but which is why I started doing the book because I was just going stir crazy here and I had to find something to do and something to challenge myself. Every bunny loves to play. So what was the process like? How'd you decide, Hey, I want to be a children's author. And you did the, you did the, uh, you did all the drawings and everything in it too. Yes, I did everything start to finish. It's self-published, um, self-written, illustrated. Um, it kind of just started out as like a little project. Um, like I said, I was going stir crazy here and um, I was actually doing a lot of painting and I had put one up on Twitter and somebody asked me when my children's book was coming out. And at first I kind of like laughed it off and then I started getting um children's books for my pregnancy and I was reading them and they were cute but they weren't like they didn't really have an, a learning opportunity for my daughters and I was like if I'm gonna read her something like I want it I want her to get something out of it and so I was like well why not write her a book then what better way to teach her something than write her one myself so I just kind of started it as like a pet project and kind of grew from there. I had no idea what I was doing going into it, but a lot of research and, and, you know, like you kind of said, as an athlete, we're always looking for something. Um, and this was kind of a, a mental challenge for myself to see if I could do it. And, um, yeah, it turned out great. You're such a goalie. Like your answer just told me that what was on the market wasn't good enough and you had to do it better. Like it's such a goalie thing, right? I do well, the same thing all around the house. If I, if I can't figure something out, I have to, I have to do it. I cannot let it sit. I've got to find a better way to make it happen. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if you want something done, right, do it yourself. That's right. When you were in, <laughs> when you were in school, did you ever think you're going to end up being a children's author later no. on in life? No, never. If you would have asked me this a year ago, I would have never thought that, but you know, I think that's, you know, one of the cool things about it is it was, it was something so outside my comfort zone that um, I had a lot of fun with it. So where can people get it? Um, right now it's just on Amazon. So it's on amazon.ca, amazon.com, wherever you're located. Um, I had a few in the UK bought, a couple in Germany. So it's been really cool. But yeah, um, right now the, the main place to get it is on Amazon. You have international brand reach. I mean, yeah, it's not surprising you win Olympic gold medals. I would imagine people worldwide are going to be able to clue into what you're doing. Well, I think I think Twitter helps with that a lot. So uh, big social um, social media is. I, I love social media. You can re reach and connect with so many people totally on there. So agree. I, I think yeah, somebody had written me on there and asked. So it's funny because so many people have a negative connotation to it, but if you can weed out. All, you know, just like put all the noise to the side. If you have that mental capacity to just laugh some things off, I've had so many amazing opportunities come through social media. I, like I'm guessing I, you've had the same. Yes. I, in a roundabout way, kind of met my husband off of it because um, I met him at a goalie camp that they, he was a shooter for um, that Garrett Sparks had asked me over Twitter if I would go to. And I, I, yeah, it's, I love social media. Like you said, it's, 
there's a lot <laughs> there's some bad on it and yeah. people uh some keyboard warriors but yeah i mean for the most part i mean you make of it what it is let's flip it back to edmonton why goaltender why did you end up playing the position um so i started playing hockey when i was five uh huge oilers fan obviously my parents would watch all the time and so one day i just asked them if i could play and and they put me in and you know, I was just playing for my local community. And so my dad ended up being one of our coaches. And, you know, at that age, and I'm pretty sure they still do the same thing now. You kind of just rotate who's in net that day, give everyone a chance. And no one ever really wanted to go in net. So my dad would always ask me, hey, do you want to go in net again? And ended up just loving it. So I think by the time I was seven, I was playing full time. Was there anybody on the Oilers that you really look to as a goalie hero or even throughout, you know, the NHL or women's hockey anywhere? Well, unfortunately, women's hockey wasn't really huge at the time. It wasn't on TV. It wasn't really that accessible. So um, my hero growing up was always Bill Ranford. Um, he had a goalie school just down the road in Sylvan Lake. So my parents would take me there every summer. And um, yeah, his him and his family were kind of big inspirations and role models in my life growing up. So talking about your youth, women's hockey, even in Canada at that time, I mean, I'm 37 and it wasn't existent in the U.S. at all at that yeah. point. Was it similar for you? I mean, it just, your only option was to play with the boys, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was even, even in a big hockey city like Edmonton, um, that was pretty much my only option um, throughout my youth. And Obviously got a little bit better um, as I got older, but we're, you know, we're, I'm in my thirties now too, and it's still not where it needs to be, but we're getting there. It's nice to see that even in some of the cities that are newer to hockey, it's grabbing on at least like yes. in St. Louis where I'm from and where my daughters are, you know, there is availability to just play, play girls hockey if you want to. You know, my yes. daughter chose, of course, my daughter chose to, chose to play with the boys in the, in the co-ed, which I'm, <laughs> it, we gave her the choice is whatever you want to do. And I think she had a draw to playing on the same youth hockey team as I did. No. Uh, but looking back on it for you, do you think that if there had been availability for women's hockey, for girls hockey, would you have still gravitated toward it? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I think if there was a competitive well put together team of all girls I would assume I would probably be played there yeah it's it's interesting to look at your career because you spent the great majority of it playing men's hockey boys hockey you know yeah and, and I think the first time I played on a women's team other than our Olympic team was I think I was 32 years wow. old was it yeah. a big transition um Yes and no. On the ice, not as much, um, especially with the national team. Like, our the players are so good these days, um, and the the strength and the everything uh, behind it. They're they're so skilled that when I first started going back and forth, I had a little bit of a hard time as a goalie, um, just with the the shots and the pace of play and. You know, as I got older, um, there wasn't much difference. The biggest difference is when I was 15, 16 years old playing junior hockey, I had a dressing room, a trainer, 
an equipment guy. I didn't have to pay for my equipment. At 32 years old playing women's hockey, I had to do all that. So mm. it was, I think that was the biggest difference and still is the biggest difference in men's and women's hockey right now. You know, I was unfortunately treated better as a 15 year old girl playing guys hockey than a 32 year old quote unquote professional women's hockey player. So you were taking care of all your own equipment and everything? Yeah. I mean, luckily for me, I had Warrior as a sponsor, but other than that, like we we had goalies in the league that were uh, like making less money, like paying for their equipment would be their entire salary and more. And, you know, taking your equipment home from the rink every day and trying to air it out at home. And it's, I mean, it's not, it's not all it's cracked up to be no. right now. It's such a tough road. Cause like, I think there's so many people within hockey and within the NHL community with, within all of hockey that really, really want to see women's hockey succeed. Yeah. And but we, it's, it's going to take some seed money to do it. I mean, yeah. what and do you think is the path to make it actually work? Um, you know, we're trying to go down that road right now. We have the uh, Professional Women's Hockey Players Association that we started. Um, has a, a, every Olympian from current Olympian from U.S. and Canada and some from Europe as well. And um, we're just we're trying to go down those avenues, obviously. The, the pandemic didn't really help, um, but we've had a lot of interest from NHL teams and hosting events and trying to get something, get the wheels turning for the future. So, you know, hopefully my daughter and your daughters, if they choose down the road, can uh, have a, a full professional league to play in. That'd be amazing. I talked to Manuel Rayom about that a while ago, and she was, you know, really hoping to see everything move forward. She's actively involved in the Detroit area. Uh, was she somebody that you could look to when you were younger? for inspiration? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think she was the one front and center and obviously being a goalie as well. And um, she kind of got the media buzz that some of the, the teams and um, leagues didn't get at the time. But yeah, she is definitely and still is uh, obviously a great role model for, for goalies and girls of all ages. Going back to junior hockey, what was the path to get there? You know, it's, it's not a common thing for you to be able to walk in the door as a female and make a team. You know, you had experience in the Western Hockey League, the American Junior, or American, sorry, the Alberta Junior Hockey League. How did you break that door down? You know what? Looking back on it, I, I feel like I was just so ignorant when it came to like my gender. I was just a kid playing hockey and trying to make it to the next level. And then um, obviously, I think my parents sheltered me out from a lot of the the BS that went around it. But um, you know what? I was, I was very fortunate. I had really good coaches um, growing up. So I played, um, obviously I played, I played midget AAA as an underage and um, had great coaches there. And then just had some junior coaches have interest. And um, when I was 15, I was practicing full-time with the junior A team and um, they kind of, took me under their wing. And then it was that season that um, the Tri-City Americans had watched me play at the Max tournament. I don't know if anyone listening knows that big tournament in Calgary. Um, and they had invited me to camp and I spent, um, you know, a good few months there. And uh, then went, just went back and played, uh, yeah, in the AJHL, like you had mentioned, Junior A in Canada. I spent five years there and 
Um, like I said, I was pretty, pretty fortunate that um, I had pretty good coaches that looked past gender and, and just took me based on skill and wanted to help me develop. Everybody likes to go back and talk about you and Carrie Price playing together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I mean, you can't avoid that. I'd imagine. Uh, yeah. But at the time, did, was there a buzz around him? Did people know that he was going to be a big deal? No, not yes and no. I mean, he was a year younger than me and he came into camp. And I think um, I, I would assume, I don't know now looking back, but I would assume he was one of their high um, Bantam draft picks. Um, so I, I think everyone knew he was good. I don't think everyone knew he was going to be Carey Price. Um, so yeah, it was pretty cool for me, obviously at the time, looking back, didn't really realize how cool it would be, but we, um, we actually split my first Western Hockey League preseason game in Vancouver. So, uh, Carrie started the game and I finished it. So yeah, pretty cool story and pretty cool to watch, you know, where our paths have taken us. What was the dynamic like in junior with just the, the basics of it, right? Like getting dressed, locker rooms, riding the bus, did you have to continue to be somewhat sheltered or did you just kind of just dive in and, well, I'm here, let's go for it. Um, no, I just, uh, like I said, I had really good coaches that kind of just threw me into it and treated me like one of the guys. And, um, you know, every season before the season started, they'd kind of sit down with the guys and be like, Hey, like she's part of the team. She's going to be in the dressing room, be respectful. Um, so that I would just go change in the bathroom and, um, give the guys 10, 15 minutes to get into their undergear. And then I was in there full time. Um, cause you know, I, th you hear so many stories of, you know, players like Wick, Wickenheiser or, you know, other players where they had to get changed in like a tiny little bathroom. And, um, I just, I never wanted that. I, I you know, you're, you've been there. I think the locker room is pretty much the most important part of a team and the most fun. And, um, so yeah, like I said, I was always very, very fortunate. I always had great coaches and, and, uh, you know, 90% of the time, great teammates that were very respectful and, and, uh, just made me feel like one of the guys. What blows me away is that they had to take a league vote to let you play. Is there truth to that? Uh, like, yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, you're there I, on merit. You're there because you're a good goaltender. You're yeah. there because the team clearly thinks that they can win with you and they have to take a vote purely because you're female. I, I actually forgot about that. You did a lot of homework. I'm impressed. Um, yeah. So it, it was, it was right before I was coming back from tri cities and I was going to play in the junior a league and I, my coach phoned me and there were, I guess just told me they were going to vote on it because there had never been a girl in the league. So I don't know, I guess they were just deciding if I was going to be allowed or not. And, and I don't think it was much of a vote, luckily. Um, I mean, I think time frame on this though. I mean, we're talking 2002 or so. Yeah. 2002. I mean, 2002. <laughs> this isn't yeah. like, this is 1970 here. I, I know. I know. I think, I just think it like threw them for a loop that they're like, okay, we got to make sure that this is okay. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah. Luckily, luckily they, luckily they voted me in there because uh, yeah, I spent five years there and had the time of my life. And well, I, my last year was the awarded top goaltender award. So I'm, I'm glad they let me in. <laughs> sure. <laughs>
what it, where did you think it was going to take you at that point when you're playing junior? I mean, were you hoping to go to men's pro? Were you hoping to still get to the Western Hockey League, Canadian College? What did you think I, was coming? I think like any kid at, at the time, I mean, obviously not a kid, a teenager, but I think just trying to play at the highest level and have fun and then um, wherever it took me, it took me. I think men's pro was obviously – um, in the back of my mind, um, was no women's professional league at the time. So, um, yeah, I think men's professional hockey was something that was on my radar, but like I said, kind of at the same time, I was just a kid having fun and playing at the highest level I could at the time. Were you starting to get some attention in terms of the national team at that point? Yes. Um, so I think, I was around 17 when um, we have, uh, it's called the development team now. It used to be a under 22 team. So they go um, almost like a world junior team where they take uh, players that are a little bit younger and, and try to develop them. And we would, we had a tournament in Germany every year. Um, so I think I was 17 when I started playing on that team and then kind of just rode the ladder up. Um, so yeah, I think it was around, you know, 15, 16, 17 started getting some interest from the national team. Is there, was there any, maybe not regret or I don't know. I'm trying to think of the right way to word this, that you didn't have the chance to play NCAA hockey, you know, cause you did play with yeah. Tri-City and, and you didn't have your eligibility. I get asked that all the time. And at the time, like things are, I feel like maybe a little different now with women's hockey. Um, but at the time, no, I, I literally have zero regrets in my hockey career. I made every decision based on, you know, where I wanted to play and what I wanted to do. And um, I played men's college hockey, won a championship in Edmonton. And, and uh, the guys that I ended up playing with um, at college were kind of the ones that recruited me to go down south and play. Um, in the SPHL um, men's professional hockey. So, um, no, I think every decision I made, I, I don't regret it. And every decision and every team and every league I played in was an experience and a learning experience. And I think I grew not only as a, a player, but even more so as a person. Did you have the chance? I thought I remember you having a chance to practice with Edmonton on occasion when you were in college. It must have been a big thrill. Yeah. Hometown team. It was awesome. Yes. Um, after the 2014 Olympics, um, I forget who they had just traded someone and uh, whoever they traded for wasn't going to be in for a few days. So um, Dallas Eakins was the coach at the time and he kept he kept calling me. I went out to practice and um, yeah, it was awesome. Obviously, hometown kids. Uh, big fan and so I was, I was fangirling but at the same time you know you want you want to put on a good performance as well so I had an absolute blast the guys were great were you absolutely sending it like full stacks going as hard as you can maybe trying um, to make every save yes I know I mean obviously when there's a girl out on the ice you're always you always have to try to prove yourself and um so I definitely was not taking it lightly but I was also, you know, having fun with the guys doing some shootouts at the end. And um, yeah, it was just, you know, living the dream out there. Did that underdog mentality carry you through your career? 
always having to try to prove yourself? Yeah, I, yes and no. Like I said, I think I did try not to really think about it or see myself as, you know, that the girl on the ice. But at the same time, um, I knew in the back of my head that if I was just as good as a guy on the ice, that they would take the guy over me. So, um, yeah, I think there's always, you know, as a goalie, you're always, you know, the crowd noise behind you, you, you hear it too, you know, about you being a girl and not belonging. And so I think it, it definitely fueled that fire and motivated me a little bit more. Were there plenty of people out there that were shitty to you? Oh my gosh. You have no like idea. Junior hockey is taught what bad, like brutal. Oh, I can't yeah. imagine what it had been like at times. Yeah, it was not nice. Um, you know, it was, I, I feel like people are, I don't know what it is, but I feel like people when they enter a hockey arena, just think that all rules and social like code goes out the door. Yeah. Your morality has so, gone. You can say whatever. These people yeah. are just, they're just actors. They're here. They're, they're yeah. here for my entertainment. I can say whatever I want to them. Yes. So it's, it was definitely, there were definitely some times, but I, I mean, I feel like every hockey player goes through it, but yeah, there was, I remember there was a, a little town when I was playing junior A and I would go home and I'd like tell my parents like, man, these people are ruthless. And I remember my dad sitting me down and being like, well, you're going to have to deal with this. Like if you ever play in the Olympics, if whatever, like you're going to have to deal with people like booing you and getting on you. And I'm like, no, this is not like this guy is ruthless. So my parents went one day and listened to the guy and there was almost a brawl in the stands because this guy was so gutless. It was, ugh. Was this was, in your yeah. in your hometown, like the team you were playing for in the city, or um, on the road? This was on the road. Oh yeah, no, I. You know what? I've always been really lucky that my hometown fans are always awesome, um, and ninety nine percent of fans I've had are awesome. Um, but I will tell you a funny story. So when I was playing in the SPHL, my parents flew down uh, for a game, and we were in Macon, Georgia, on the road. And I was playing and this guy was just giving it to me, I guess, in the stands um, about being a girl and this and that. Um, He had two daughters with him, believe it or not. Dad Um, of the year. Yeah. So my parents, um, being my parents, so embarrassing. Like, they're the cutest people you'll ever meet. And they went up to him and they introduced themselves as my parents. And I guess for the rest of the game, he was my biggest fan. And then they, my parents brought him and his two daughters down to the hallway after so that um, his daughters could meet me. And I signed like a stick for them or whatever it was. And the, the man started crying, the dad. And he wasn't so tough all of a sudden, was he? Yeah, he started apologizing and he was like, I had no idea this is what you looked like. Like, you're just a little girl. And I don't, I'm like, well, yeah, man. Like, what do you think I am under here? Like, I'm obviously not a little girl. I'm a grown woman, but like, I'm a human being. So yeah, he, I'm like, it was, it was sick to see that he had two little daughters with him acting like that. But that's unfortunately, as you know, the way some people are in hockey arenas. Isn't it wild to think that some of those same people that were riding in juniors, we're probably cheering for you again a year or two later or whenever it was when you're winning gold medals for the country. Yeah. When it's convenient, but like, I don't you like just I... want to throat punch them? You know, <laughs> like it's, why could you do that? You know, you 
bandwagon jumper treat people like just has some basic human decency yeah sports sports fans are crazy man but you know, like i said i mean 99 of them and 99% of the fans that I've had on the road are, are awesome. But yes, there was definitely some times in my career where I just, you just have to like put your head down and walk away. Seemed like for your career, the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver was really where everything kind of changed. You yes. know, obviously in a big way, you win a gold medal on home soil. How did that play out leading up to making that team? And what was that experience like? Yeah, so I had made the national team um, a year or two before, and obviously some some pretty big names on the team. So um, Kim St. Pierre and Char- Charlene Labonte were the the starting goalies at the time. Um, so I kind of came in as the the youngster and didn't get a lot of ice time um, as a goalie. And on the national team, you know, we only play a tournament or two um, every year. So I was trying to, you know, get in whenever I could. And then uh, luckily in Olympic years, we, we centralized and we ended up playing, um, I think, 50 games before Vancouver. So um, had a chance to get in some games and, and ended up taking that number one spot by the end of the year and um, learning watching those two the entire year obviously great role models and true professionals so um yeah vancouver was was wild um my first olympics and obviously um taking over the number one spot from those two was was uh enough weight on my shoulders as it was but yeah playing on home ice it was it was pretty incredible that underdog mentality again we've got a special guest coming in my daughter kenlin has joined us she's on break from school she really wanted to ask you a question what was it like playing pro hockey with boys what was it like playing pro hockey with boys that's a great question um it was awesome i had a lot of fun uh it took me to some pretty cool places i got to play in columbus georgia and uh, kind of travel around down south there, um, see some some places I've never been before and get some opportunities I never would have had otherwise. And uh, it was awesome. The fans were great. It was pretty cool to go from arena to arena and, you know, see all the little girls that would come out and watch me play. And, um, you know, we, your dad and I were talking that hopefully one day when you're old enough, if you choose to, hopefully you have a professional women's league that you can play in. Um, because I have a daughter that's four months, almost four months old now too, which, which we're fighting for. Cause I would way would have rather played with my female peers and, and, you know, made a living doing that, but um, it was definitely a, a pretty cool experience. Shannon, if I can ask you, if you have any advice for an aspiring young female goaltender like Kenlin here, what would that be? Oh, I think the best advice I could give you is to, always have fun and work hard. I think the the biggest thing for me and what kind of led me through my entire career, um, even up until this day in my 30s, is the love I had for the game. And I think because of that, I enjoyed practices. I enjoyed um, everything about the game. And I think just having fun every single time you step out on the ice. Cool. Say thank you. Thank you.
Yeah. Right, special correspondent Kenlin. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. All right, go back to school. Oh, she's like, no, Dad, I don't want to go back to school. Yeah. Well, that was fun. We got a little oh, pop in. That's the first time we've had a guest uh, interviewer on the show. Oh, I love that. You should have her on more often. She's awesome. You're right. It probably helped my ratings, I think. You yeah. Know, give, think give it a little humanity to it. I think you're right. That's just so much fun. We got a couple other folks that we want to talk about. Skin Effects Raps. Mark Magnanti out of Rochester, New York, does a fantastic job creating wraps for your mask. A great way to change the design on your mask. If you change teams, if you just want a new paint job, it is a really cost-effective way to be able to do that, to change your look. And Mark does a fantastic job. He's got a couple goaltenders in the World Junior Championships right now. And last season... When I would occasionally practice with the Vegas Golden Knights, my mask just didn't look great. I had an old Senator's mask, and I thought, you know what? I want to look the part out here. I got in touch with Mark at his Instagram page, SkinFXWraps, and we went from there. He created a design. It looks amazing. I was happy to sport it. So if you're looking for something to make your helmet look good, get in touch with Mark. Again, SkinFXWraps. He'll take care of you. Another friend of the show, Hiko Sticks. Hiko, standing for hand-eye coordination. This device has three prongs on it. They're each different colors. You call out the color as you throw it to a partner. You call out which hand to catch it with. It's all hand-eye coordination. I used it late in my career, the Hiko Stick, to make sure I was staying ahead of the curve when it came to hand-eye coordination. And now today, my daughters and I love to play with it in the backyard by the pool. Hey, it floats. Why not? But it really helps them build that hand-eye coordination. It's a great tool. If you go to hecosticks.com, use the promo code 6DMM56. That's going to get you 10% off on your order. Again, hecosticks.com. And don't forget, I am available for goaltending coaching at 44visionhockey.com. You up your load your games through Hockey TV or through Live Barn. You take your pick. I get all your clips. I break them down. We have a Zoom call. We go over them. I look at it through a professional eye, what I've experienced, what I'm seeing, and taking my knowledge of goalie and goalie coaching and bringing it to your game in a virtual setting working over Zoom. So head to 44 Vision Hockey and hit me up on any of my social media pages to get that going for you. Let's finish off this interview with Shannon Zabados, one of my favorites. So flipping back to 2010, I'm trying to remember – which Olympics it was, maybe it was 2010 or 2014, but like you guys celebrated hard and on the ice, right? Like we're talking cowboy hats, beers, cigars, smoking stogies, having a great time, but you took some heat for it. And yeah, we got in trouble. I, but I wonder how much of that was because it was women's hockey. That that's the question I want. Like, do you think you guys faced more scrutiny because you weren't just the dudes out there having a good time? Yeah, a hundred percent. You see the guys doing it all the time. Exactly. Um, Double standard. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know what though, at the time we got in trouble for it. Um, but now every little Canadian sports bar I go to, I see those pictures on the wall. So I, I think in the end it, it turned out okay for us. Could it not have been a better place for that to happen in Vancouver, in your own country? I mean, who wouldn't go out on the ice and smoke cigars and drink beer? <laughs> Not right? the people that you don't want to be. I mean, you wouldn't want to be around them, I'd imagine. 
Well, and but I think the biggest issue was um, so one of our players was I forget how this went. She was legal drinking age in her province, but where we were, she was a year younger or something, and she was she had a can in her hand or something. I think that oh, was shit. the issue, which which I can see. Uh, but yeah, they they blew the rest of it up. Like I, there was no reason that everyone else couldn't celebrate. Yeah, you had uh, you had a teammate, Gina Kingsbury, who I was at St. Lawrence University with at the same time. And on occasion, the men's and women's team before the season started, after the season started, whenever we'd have ice, we'd all skate together. And Gina was mega talented. And it was the first thing I noticed playing with really high level women for the first time is that they weren't necessarily going to overpower me with their shot. But man, could she think the game and dish the puck and, yeah. and skate, you know? Um, what was she like as, as a roommate, as a teammate? And just that difference you see between the really high end when it term, in terms of men's hockey versus women's. Yeah. So yeah, Gina was um, a veteran on the team at the time and I was kind of a young kid and she was uh, one of my roommates in Vancouver. Um, so it was nice to kind of have that calming presence. Um, she's um, the GM now of the, the women's team. So, um, so, you know, she's obviously has that the hockey smarts and, and that side of it down and always had. So um, yeah, she, she was fun to learn from for sure. And um, yeah, you're a hundred percent right. The, the, I always get asked what the biggest difference in the game is. And, and I think you nailed it on the head is, is maybe not quite as powerful, although the girls are, are getting, are getting quite strong and the shots are getting uh, pretty good. But um, yeah, the, the way they think the game, uh, my, I had to learn to be really patient uh, in the women's game because they, I think obviously puck possession is, is a huge and um, in the game because they can keep control of the puck um, and systems and yeah, just everything is uh, the, the girls think the game really well. Patience is a key word for goaltenders. Whenever I'm teaching young goalies, college goalies, I end up saying that word a lot, but it's kind of hard to define to people what that means. So for you, what does patience mean as a goaltender? Uh, patience to me is, uh, you know, I was, I was chatting with the guys from Ingle a while ago and, and they were asking me what the fa my favorite part of today's game is. And, and I think it kind of defines patience to me is, is making the easy save. So being patient enough to, to follow the puck and stay in position and, you know, not scrambling or not having to, you know, I think um, fans outside the goaltending world love the big diving save, but I think we know that if we had to do that, we, it's because we did something wrong leading up to it. So let's not kid ourselves. We still love to see them though. Well, you would, I do, I do. I love <laughs> to see it, but I also know there was a mistake leading up there somewhere for the most part. I mean, there's obviously the odd time where, where you need to throw in some desperation on a backdoor play or something. But um, yeah, patience to me is just, you know, being steady on your feet and being in, in position all the time and um, allowing yourself to, to read the play and uh, making, obviously making the players make the first move. You had such a technical game. Like as I watched you play in the Olympics and, and later, I really admired it. And 
I remember watching you be able to nail post integrations, no problem. And to me, it just looks so obvious that you had really good coaching. If you hadn't, I would have been surprised because you were teaching yourself. And if you're teaching yourself, I'm even more impressed. So were you actually getting incredibly good coaching or were you just this good at teaching yourself? Well, a little bit of both. Obviously we have, uh, some, we have full-time goalie coaches with the national team, but up until then I really had zero goaltending coaching all through junior. Um, so My really last... up until like the Olympics, you hadn't hardly had anything. Yeah, nothing. I-, I think Bill Ranford's goalie school when I was like 10 to, <laughs> to whatever. I went there for years, but like when I was a kid. Um, yeah. I yeah. There's a big difference coach. between like a week long goalie school and actually having in season coaching where you're reviewing yeah. video and being on the ice every day. Oh, and I, I don't know. Did, did you get any coaching when I, I think it's more common now, but I, I didn't have a goalie coach. No, so, absolutely not. My, I mean, you know, my career path, I was a number three goalie. I didn't have a full-time in-season goalie coach in the American league until I think I was 32. Yeah. Uh, 32. And we talk about developing your most important player on the ice. They'll give them the coaching at the NHL level, but they won't get it in the minors when they're developing, you know, and that's wild to me. Yeah. It's insane. So, so eventually though, the, Team Canada started to bring in some coaching for you to have, I'd imagine, uh, towards the later part of your career, right? Yeah. And I mean, I think I, I feel like at that point, I mean, you still learn and stuff, but I think, I think goalies that are our age or older, or I think you just like, you watch and you emulate. Uh, I like to watch a lot of video and, um, you know, mess around in practice and, I mean, I, I feel like to, to get to a high level, you have to be a good teacher yourself. Um, obviously, looking back, I wish I would have had a little bit more. Um, and my last year of college, I had uh, Dustin Schwartz, who's with the Edmonton Oilers now, and he was fantastic. Um, but by that point, I mean, your, your game's pretty developed. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm surprised to hear you say, that I'm that technical because I, I always feel like I'm, I was, it was just raw, like just go out there and stop the puck, but um, I appreciate it. But yeah, I mean, I think you just, you learn as you go. And obviously a little bit later in my career, I did get some um, coaching because the, the game has changed so much and will probably continue to change. So it's important to get, you know, the new techniques and things like that. But yeah, I, I, for 90% of my career was just uh, just go out there and try to get in front of the puck. I always look at it this way, that as goaltenders get older, more or less you're, you're breaking bad habits and you're refining a game rather than teaching new things. Yes, and 100%. You nailed it about our generation being very self-taught, you know, and, and inherently analytical to the game. So like, in the future, do you see yourself maybe pursuing goalie coaching? I mean, yes. I, I look at you and I think you'd be fantastic at this. And so there, there is no ceiling on this, right? Like, yeah. You could, and you could crush I, this. I kind of, I dabble here and there. Um, so I'm in Ohio right now. I do a little bit um, with the Ohio hockey project. I get out when I can and, and hop on the ice with the goalies. But yeah, it's definitely, I would absolutely love, love, love to do a little bit more with it because um, like I said, I didn't really have any growing up. And I think there's like, there's a balance definitely like you don't want a goalie full-time goalie coach from the time you're five years old um because I think figuring it out on your own is is half the battle but I I there's definitely some value in it and 
I think as goalies, uh, we, like you said, some sometimes get overlooked, um, whether it's, you know, in a year long program or whether it's a day to day practices that the coaches are putting together. Uh, sometimes it's not always the most goalie friendly. So, yeah, I would definitely I would love to get a little more involved, you know, as when my career winds down. Did you have to do anything unique with your equipment or was it hard to find for you? No, you know what? I am, I am one of those goalies that just, even, even later on in my career, when I had the ability to, Oh, bless you. My, my, my little one's up now. I don't know if you heard her sneeze. <laughs> Sorry for that. Um, you never have to apologize for a kid, <laughs> for, especially um, for a baby. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I just bought, got the equipment and, you know, especially when I was younger, I think uh, my parents had no idea about goaltending or hockey, really. They, they didn't really, neither of them really played. So I, I think a lot of the time my equipment was like way too big um, or too small or what, you know, it didn't, didn't fit properly. So I think I, I, I just took whatever was given to me or, that my parents bought uh obviously until I was playing junior it was when my parents bought it and then after during junior and after whether it was the team buying it or you know I was lucky to have warrior as a as a sponsor but I would just wanted to be as low maintenance as possible and I, I know there's a lot of goalies out there that like tweak this and that and but I would just uh, mine was mine was whatever you get off the shelf uh was what I was wearing you're an equipment manager's dream I remember like, talking to Mano, she had such a hard time because the gear was so bad back then. Her dad was oh, yeah? duct taping yeah. pads on to try to make it better for her. It's just a different world at that time. Yeah. What do you think it could possibly take to see a female goalie in the NHL nowadays? Like, do you think there's still an avenue for that to happen? Yeah, I think so. I think, well, one, I the girl goalies are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, is that like, really the barrier to entry is just size? No, no. But I think as a female, it definitely helps. Um, I know when I was playing and I, I feel like I'm a fairly big goalie at five, nine for a girl. Um, but I know like when I was playing men's pro hockey, like they would, I guys would try to pick corners all the time because I didn't take up quite as much room. And, and you know, as well as I do that size is not, uh, definitely not um, make or break a goalie, but I think when you're talking from five five to six five, it's it's quite a difference. So I think the goalies are not just size, but bigger, stronger, faster. I think all is kind of what I meant by by size is all of it. Um, so I, you know what, I wouldn't be surprised um, to see one um, anytime in the future. Um, no. I don't think so. I think, I think if we get a, a women's pro league up and running, we won't need to see it, but um, it wouldn't surprise me. I remember being at the all-star game this past year before things went crazy. And the shape that the women are in now is unreal. Yeah. like, they are absolute specimens. They are in so strong, so powerful watching them do the skills competition. And it seemed like that was a really eye-opening experience for people to see. And, you know, people in the game all along that have played high level like us, like we knew it was there, but it really took until 2020 for people to realize that women can knock four targets out in four shots so they can skate a lap, 
just as fast. That's incredible to me, the nativity of the world at times. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think a lot of it is, is I always say to people that once you see it in person, it, it's, it'll change your mind because I, I think the game has come a long way and you're right. The, the players are so skilled, um, you know, watching uh, Poulin and uh, Kendall coin skate. Oh. Like it's, it's, they're so good. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think once people get out and see it and it, it was awesome that the NHL had the girls out there to, to showcase it, because like I said, I think, once people see it and even sometimes seeing it in person is different than seeing it on the TV because you have nothing to compare it to. But um, yeah, the, the girls are absolutely incredible. The, I know with team Canada, team USA, I mean, all, all the teams now like fitness is such a huge component. And yeah, some of those girls are, are absolute freaks. Like they, the work ethic of, of the national team players is just out of this world and it's fun it's fun. It's been fun for me. I mean, I obviously haven't got to, to watch a lot of it during the pandemic, but while I was pregnant and not playing, just kind of sitting back and, and watching it all, getting to watch the girls and skills competition and stuff. It's, it's really fun to see. And, um, you know, hopefully it continues forward, you know, the, the recognition that, that they deserve. The couple of years that you spent in Columbus and the SBHL hit a couple of milestones. The first female to have a shutout in men's hockey. And to me, this was really, really amazing to watch because I had a friend growing up named Amy Oberreather that was a girl goalie in St. Louis and she dreamed of doing these things. So when you accomplished it, it just, it really struck a chord with me. I kind of got emotional. Amy, uh, unfortunately, uh, passed away in a car accident at 19 and never got to live out those dreams. For, for you to have that shutout, to, to get those wins, where does that rank on your list of achievements? Yeah, it was, it was definitely special. Um, it was it, my entire career and playing down there. And, you know, like I said, I've been so fortunate to do the things I've done and go the places I have. And um, yeah, those definitely rank up there. Um, you know, a part of me wants to say, um, I wish that it wasn't a milestone and it wasn't a big deal and it was just another shutout. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, obviously, I, I realized the, the gravity of it and um, that there's other people out there that, you know, want to be doing the same thing or will one day in the future being be doing the same thing, kind of looking up to it and being like, oh, OK, yeah, I can do, definitely do that. Um, so it's it's definitely something that I look back on and um, special moments in my career. And um, like I said, I'm just so thankful and grateful for all the opportunities that that hockey has brought me. Is it cool to have that label of, of a trailblazer? <laughs> um, yes, yes, and no. Like I said, it's it's weird to me because I just I see myself as just another hockey player. Um, but at the same time, as I grew up, um, obviously realizing the gravity of it and. And that not all girls get that opportunity. Um, yeah, it's um, it's definitely a role that that you want to take seriously and and be there for for little girls and and little boys in whatever they want to do as well, and just be a good role model. So when you think of what's next in life, you're a young mom, you've got a children's book out, you're going to continue down that path, and and being able to 
you know, make sure that she has those same opportunities as imagined. So what comes next for you? Where do you think you're headed in life? Um, I don't know. I mean, being the mom right now is, is pretty fun. Um, I, I think we'd, we'd like to have another one if we're lucky enough one day. Be careful. Um, I've got two girls. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> that was enough for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. Um, I'm on the board of the uh, Professional Women's Hockey Players Association, so trying to get that league created, um, hopefully long before my little one is is old enough. Um, so, yeah, I got a lot going on, I think, um, like most athletes that, that played the game and loved it as much as I do. I th- think I'll always be involved, whether it's coaching um, or, like I said, being on the board or, um, yeah, I think just, just being a mom and uh, staying involved in the game. That's definitely where my future is. You had an amazing career so far. Shannon, it's been amazing talking with you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Best of luck for everything in the future. Thank you. And, and thanks for everything you do, obviously. Uh, a big following on social media and you're always you're always out there talking to fans and answering questions and uh, definitely look up to everything you're doing huge thanks to Shannon for coming on telling her story and on top of that being such a role model to my daughter to many other girls out there to young boys out there that are just looking to achieve their goals if you like six degrees with Mike McKenna please make sure that you subscribe like iTunes Spotify Google Play leave a rating all those good things. You can always find me, Mike McKenna, at Mike McKenna 56 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.